This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 8.49 Wednesday, the 31st of January, and you're listening to The Morning Run. In about 15 minutes, we've got the FBM KLCI opening, as well as corporate results from the likes of IGB Read, Sunway Read, and more. But in the meantime, let's talk about the role of the young, young Dipatuan Agong. Because Sultan Abdullah, Sultan Ahmad Shah, ended his five-year reign as the 16 young Dipatuan Agong yesterday. He, of course, has steered the country through a period marked by COVID-19 and political turmoil which saw the appointment of four prime ministers in less than five years. In a recent interview held at the Istana Nagara, Sultan Abdullah also proposed that future monarchs play a bigger role representing Malaysia in international affairs. The heads of Malaysia's nine royal families take turns to be the Yang Dipertuan Agong every five years under a unique system of monarchy. Meanwhile, the Johor Sultan, Sultan Ibrahim Sultan Iskandar, will begin his reign as the 17th Yang Dipertuan Agong today. Hence, what is the role of the Agong according to our federal constitution? To help us better understand the system, we speak to lawyer Andrew Koo. He is also co-chair of the Bar Council's Constitutional Law Committee. Good morning, Andrew. Now, can you help us clearly define the main roles of the Yang Dipertuan Agong as laid out in our federal constitution? Good morning, um, and thank you for having me on your program. Uh, the Constitution of Malaysia uh, basically sets out, in, in a sense, uh, very broadly, two sets of uh, roles for the young Dikituan Ago, one of which will be, uh, some people would say, the purely ceremonial part of uh, being the titular head of uh, government, uh, sorry, head of state, um, and then the second will be the, some of the more legal um, roles that he, he plays, especially, uh, for example, in terms of um, uh, deciding or nominating uh, a prime minister uh, and the opening and of, of parliament. Uh, those are some of the more uh, uh, legal roles that he, he plays. But otherwise, he is the uh, titular head of uh, state for mm. all of Malaysia. And then he also has, uh, you know, some roles in his capacity as uh, the head of Islam for uh, the, the states in Malaysia that do not have sultans. So what are the common misconceptions, you know, when it comes to the position of the Agong? I think many of us have some, you know, view about the kind of power that the Agong yields, right? One, I think one of the misconceptions that people have is that we somehow have uh, some sort of an absolute monarchy where everything that uh, the Yang Dipton Agong uh, orders in inverted commas uh, have to be done uh, or that he, uh, whenever he says something, then it has to be followed. I think that's some something of a, a misconception because we live and operate in a system of a constitutional monarchy. So again, you know, based on your earlier question, there are defined roles of uh, the monarchy and the monarchy doesn't really get involved in the day-to-day -day, uh, running of government, although the, the, the Yang Dutuan Agong is weekly uh, briefed by the prime minister on, on, on what is happening. So he, he is aware, he is consulted, he can give advice in, in private to the prime minister, uh, but generally speaking, uh, he uh, 
he he plays that in in a sense uh, a, a a more background role uh, to government. But help us understand this because we did see the use of discretionary powers by His Majesty, most recently seen in resolving the political turmoil involving four prime ministers. And we now know that he has the ability to pardon individuals convicted of a crime. But really, what are the scope and limitations of such powers? Well, can I take the second part of your question first? I mean, in terms of the power of pardon, it's not something new. It's been there in the constitution uh, from day one. Uh, but the power of pardon, uh, there can be a, a, a complete pardon. There can be a partial pardon. There can be a commutation of sentence. There can be a reduction in some of the penalties. So that has always been uh, one of the functions that uh, our young Tuan Agong has. Um, but he is advised um, on, on, on that role by a pardons board. But uh, in, in most of the generally accepted interpretations of the constitution, um, he, has, uh, uh, he can decide for himself whether or not to, to take the advice uh, of the pardons board. Most of the time, I think, or maybe even all the time, I don't know because these are confidential, um, uh, the advice of the pardons board is usually followed. So, again, going back to, 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 to the earlier question, the, the, the role of the, the young Agong is to, uh, to act, but act based on the advice of the, the cabinet. Uh, there are certain other things that he has uh, discretion. So, as I said earlier, uh, things like uh, who to call upon to uh, try to form a government after a general election. That is clearly something that's within his uh, sole, uh, sole ambit. Meanwhile, the constitution does provide provisions in the form of controls and limitations to ensure that the constitutional monarch is always respected and revered. What are they? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's so much in the constitution, the Constitution talks about the rights and privileges and honours uh, of uh, not just the young Dibetuan Agong, but uh, their royal highnesses, the Malay rulers. Uh, but other things, other laws have been put in place uh, or have been used to make sure that um, the young Dibetuan Agong and also uh, the, the, the royal highnesses, the Malay rulers, are protected and, and, and guarded from scurrilous attacks, from... Uh, uh, defamatory statements. So we have things like the Sedition Act. And of course, if you put things online, you have the uh, Communications and Multimedia Act. And then there's also things like the Penal Code. So we have laws that uh, in some ways um, are, are used to, to protect the institution of the monarchy. And um, can you help us understand... The, proce- the difference between, in a way, and I'm not sure whether this is covered in the constitution, between the role of the Agong versus the, the role of the Sultan, do their powers differ very differently between federal and, well, for the country and for the state? Well, I mean, the young Dibetan Agong, as the name implies, mm. he is the, the paramount head. So he is the head of uh, the state of Malaysia as a whole. And in that sense, uh, his responsibilities are different from being uh, a sultan of a state. Uh, most of the powers of the sultans, uh, in a sense, are uh, prescribed in the state constitution. So you'd have to look at uh, the individual states and, 
and their uh, constitutions or what in Malay is called the Undang Undang Tubo uh, to see what that particular state uh, gives to the Sultan by, by way of powers. But broadly speaking, uh, there are uh, powers at a federal level that are only exercisable by the Yang Dipetuan Agong. So the outgoing Yang Dipetuan Agong, Sultan Abdullah, has said that the role of the monarchy should be strengthened and proposed that the king represent Malaysia brought in matters that do not conflict with government administration, such as climate change advocacy. What measures can be done to bring about such changes? Well, there doesn't have to be any legal change. I, I, I think the ability of the young Dipetuan Agong to speak on certain issues, uh, and the key phrase in your question is that do not conflict with the government. Uh, I think that's where the, uh, the boundaries and the, the balance needs to be found because at the end of the day, the government of the day is the king's government. That, so, so it would be rather odd if... Uh, the young Dipetuan Agong were to say something that is inconsistent with or in conflict with uh, the positions adopted by the government of the day. So this is where, to a certain extent, that, I, that concept of uh, advice and having to act on advice uh, becomes very important because, as we have seen, we have had four prime ministers in the last five years and they all bring different emphases to what their... Uh, administrations want to do. And the young Dipetuan Agong, to a certain extent, has to stand guided and advised by the government of the day. That's that's the proper parameter of uh, a constitutional monarchy. So in a sense, like climate, for example, yes. So if Malaysia takes a particular position on climate change and the environment, then the king um, can act as a spokesperson uh, at an international arena for the positions taken by the Malaysian government. But it would be a little bit more challenging if he were to express a view independent of government and possibly where it may in some ways conflict or contradict or uh, not be the same as the position taken by the government. All right. Thank you very much for your time. That was Andrew Koo, who is also co-chair of the Bar Council uh, Constitutional Law Committee, explaining the role of the monarch as according to the federal constitution. Now, we're heading into the 9 a.m. news bulletin, but first, a quick message. Tune in this Friday, February 2nd at 11.45 a.m. for an exclusive glimpse into the future of mobile technology with Samsung's latest innovation, the Galaxy S24 series, on a special episode of Tech Talk. We will deep dive into the cutting-edge AI features from Live Translate to Photo Assist and explore how these tools are not just changing the way we use our phones but transforming our daily lives. Don't miss out on discovering how Galaxy S24 can be your personal assistant, photographer and language translator all rolled into one sleek device. Join us and see how technology is becoming more intuitive and tailored to your unique lifestyle. Up next, the FBMKLCI opening as well as Global Market Insights with Carlos Casanova, Senior Economist at UBP. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.